0: Willkommen to another episode of The Early Work. This is English. Don't adjust your headphones just yet, okay? This is just me demonstrating my range on account of a German character that Joel had in a play we're about to hear. This is the podcast in which I ask my performer friends and colleagues to come along and read out the creative things they wrote when they were younger, usually teenagers. So far, we've had Lolly Fopé reading chapter after chapter of fan fiction about a TV show called Everwood, and we've had Tom Rosenthal inventing a genre called cricket rap. Go back and listen to them and more. They're very funny Uh, but this week it's celebrity unmasker joel domit who is here to unmask his own past by delving into his old document and he luckily his mum found a play that they wrote together somehow Uh, it's absolutely mad it's insane and i got to be involved in it and read some of the parts so that was very nice for me Uh, i hope you enjoy it see you in a bit Welcome this week to Early Work. My guest, Joel Domit. Straight in. Loving it. Probably best known to our listeners for um when I interviewed him on Bring the Noise the Green Room. Oh,
1: mate. What would
0: you that? say? <laughs> true. Yeah, that's how you got all the work you're getting now, right? That's yeah. like the masked singer. They saw you on that. Yeah. Sweeping into you being interviewed on oh that. Oh my god. Have you ever been involved in a show that has so much money on it that they haven't <laughs> Extra show for a show that not that's not a hit yet. It's not doing well It's not at all. Been, been out. It's not been on. Let's, no one's let's get an it. extra show. Imagine no one's watching for the, the main show. the benefit of the listener, basically, there was a show called Bring the Noise oh, that yeah. Joel was a regular on. Yes. It was a, like a music, big budget music show for Sky. Yep. Ricky Wilson from the Kaiser Chiefs was the host. Joel was one of the regular comics. Along with Nicole Scherzinger. Also one of the regular comics. <laughs> there was a spin-off show, an extra factor version of it called Bring the Noise, The Green Room, where quite literally a cupboard next door to the studio. Me and a presenter called Poppy Jamie would sit in there and then we'd have to get our guests to come in and sniff stuff with a blindfold on and tell us what it is. Stuff like that. It was pretty highbrow stuff. Highbrow stuff. I look back on those days with absolute dread. How does it's it make you feel? so mental. Really Think stressful about that experience, wasn't it? So stressful for me because every day I was involved in like like uh, full on, like sketches, songs. I was singing on stage. <laughs> I was dancing. I was like, like just trying to jizz out content. Mm. It was mad. And then they had this extra show that they're like, can you just pop into uh, extra, whatever it's called, green room? I was like, all right, and I'd go on and you'd interview me. And I'd be like, no one's watching this stuff. Yeah, if to be honest, it's just never been popular when I interview you. Welcome to the podcast. Uh, thank you for coming on. Speaking of jizzing out content, um, <laughs> so here we are. Here we are. It's a great name. Joel is also show, very actually. well known for when he used to pick me up from Herne Hill Station, drive me to his house so we could write on a different panel show together that was reality tv based do you oh, remember yeah, that reality bites was that what it was called reality so was, bites mate what a show mate oh. we've done a lot of very strange things together again another show that was cancelled after his first season <laughs> i've done a lot of stuff this is the I, last episode of this yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now with reality bites i think it was a strange one where they were like everyone's liking panel shows Everyone's liking reality shows. Let's make a panel show about reality shows. Turns out. Turns out. The opposite audience. Yeah, nobody wants that. They didn't want it's, it. I think also it was too edgy for Stephen Mulhern. <laughs> <laughs> Stephen Mulhern hosted it. And I think <laughs> that's a great name for a podcast. Yeah. It's, it's, too, it's too edgy for too edgy Mulhern. for Stephen Mulhern. And he was hosting it. It was a bit edgy. It was a bit so it was ITV2, late nighty, celeb juicy, but he was also trying to sort of do, you know, catchphrase. Right, and so it's. Hard. So do you mean people would make jokes in it, and then he'd react a bit like, oh, he'd be a bit shy. I know. I think that he was great on the show, but then it I didn't think, necessarily suit what he's known for. Yeah, I think uh, I think they it was too, it was too edgy for Stephen Mulhern, which is <laughs> that's not my new catchphrase. I would watch yeah. that. Joel domit too edgy for Stephen Mulhern. Um, or you maybe you know Joel uh, as his alter ego Josh Dammit which oh, was invented in yes. the Manchester student scene when we were doing some student gigs at Manchester University. All it is, is Joel would put on some glasses that belonged to another comedian called Mark Smith, and then when he went on stage, when he was wearing those glasses, for some reason he would just become an edgy comic. Joel, you're not probably, you're not really known for being an edgy comic, especially at the time, you are a very anecdotal, enthusiastic comic. Still very much but I'd say that. that's still the case. Still very much in that bracket, yeah, um, yeah. And then you put these glasses on, and suddenly you're slamming people. Just... You're saying you look like shit to people in the front row. You're saying, get out! and then you, you take in prisoners. It was incredible. Yeah. Just, Josh, damn it. Josh, damn it. My, my <laughs> angry alter ego. Has that, has that alter ego come out since then? That was about <sighs> six years ago, I'd say. I'm thinking it's going to come back when my eyes get worse. <laughs> oh, no. It's only <laughs> when I wear If you don't asses. maintain 2020 vision, no. your career changes. Suddenly you're Joe Rogan. Yeah. <laughs> suddenly I turn into this absolutely angry person. Doing so, a Netflix special called Triggered. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, God. Right, Joel, if I had to guess what you are like at school, yes. uh, and I do because it's the first format point of this show, Thank you. Uh, I would say the following. I've written this down. Okay, here we go. The first sentence is just one word. Weird. Second sentence. Hanging out with Steve Dunn all the time, doing mm-hmm. stuff like making your own zip wire. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And encouraging each other to jump off things you shouldn't have. Mm-hmm. Um, you're the sort of person, I think, who would pretend to do skateboard grinding on a kerb in just your trainers. A hundred percent overused the word fricking and freaking because you wanted to be expressive but you didn't want to get in trouble. Mm -hmm. Hashtag triggered. Mm -hmm. Um, And you probably wrote a lot of lyrics. Am I correct? Yes. You're almost correct on all of those levels. Definitely used to be jumping off stuff. (laughs) That was super fun. I think I may have told you this before. Me and Steve used to put on science goggles and run around school jumping on stuff and we called it extreme walking. (laughs) We invented parkour. Oh, really? We invented parkour. Just because we... we you were jumping on, just jumping we on. We jump on stuff, and basically we we jump off the things, touch our trainers, and go and say safe. This is what I meant with the uh, grinding on the curve yes. thing, right? Is it do we, when yeah. you were grinding because I used to do this as well. There's yeah. A little, so I used to like go up to a curve and then just be like making the noise. Yeah and then like, just like, kind of shuffle along it. But there was one you could do where you cross your legs over oh. and then I would say the word unity because uh, apparently that trick was called unity. It's called unity on rollerblades, absolutely. Oh, really? Is yeah, that yeah. Actually, I wondered why I called it unity. I, mean, I was a rollerblader. Yeah, that was too. called a unity. Oh, we are so pathetic. Um, this is tragic. I sort of wasn't very good at rollerblading. I had friends who were really good at it. But I was just... Is was was so, that popular at your school, rollerblading? Yeah. Not skateboarding. Before skateboarding. Wow. You probably were into, like, because I'm a bit older than you. So, like, rollerblading was in, and it was cool. And then suddenly it went out. And then it was, I also had to stop rollerblading. My doctor told me to stop because I had, um, <laughs> which is. <laughs> and that was the end of a dream. That was it. You know, I listened to my doctor your career Both, was over. This is So you're, you're saying it as if you're like a hot prospect in football or something. Who's yeah. just like, sorry, but you'll never walk again. <laughs> I'm sorry. You'll never jump down that two set. <laughs> I'm sorry, but uh, you'll never blade again. Your <laughs> blading days are over. Your father, <laughs> or whatever you said. The, That's um, it for you. Father Nugans. Father no more Father Nugans. Father but, Nugans with I a V. It's fa- I think it's Father Nugans with a V. Any rollerbladers on there, get in touch with the early work uh, team. <laughs> um, I think it's Father Nugan. Um, and then, uh, so I stopped rollerblading because my doctor told me to, because I had Osgood Schlatters in my knees. Is that another trick? All right. <laughs> <laughs> is that another one you do? Yeah, Osgood Schlatters is when you sort of <laughs> fall on your knees and then you can't walk so You close. stay in bed for ages. I've yeah. got. I've still got it now. Um, if you feel my knee, I've got like an extra kneecap. Look, oh, feel, I don't know. Feel my, knee, it feel it, my it, fucking it, it knee, touch my knee. See? Oh, my God. Oh, that's, actually, that's actually hideous. How did that not uh, come up in the jungle? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it probably did. probably edited it out. It's, um, yeah, I've got extra knees. That's really weird. I've got, so everyone at school used to call me egg leg. And um, basically, it's actually soft when you're younger because it's your, uh, I think it's your muscles are growing too fast for your bones or your bones are growing too fast for your muscles. One of them. I'm going to say muscles growing too fast yeah, for your bones. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that's what you're like now. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> you're cross Massive. And so it then just like, Really, uh, really hurts, basically, and I had to stop. I stopped doing PE for a bit, and then also, then I had a operation on my leg because I had a weird lump in my leg. My mum, it was on New Year's Eve. I remember I was in some sort of weird social club with, like, that my dad used to go to, and my mum went, uh, grabbed my knee and went, my leg and went, Happy New Year! And she went, Oh, what's that? And I had a lump. This sounds like a star of porn. This does sound like a star of porno. <laughs> And my mum Oh what's that? Oh what's that? Happy New Year. Ten. Ooh. Nine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't, don't we can we could count from five. <laughs> um, the, yeah. Um, and uh and so I had to get that operated on. So I had a little lump in my leg, Fucking got that operated no. on. And actually they just didn't know what it was and they got it they, they they had a CT scan, did loads of like the I kept on having to go back to the doctors and they were like, I don't know what it is, don't know what this. So they were like, we're going to take it out. We still don't really know what it is, but we're going to take it out. And so they operated on it, and um, they gave me a number to call to find out what it was, because they were going to send it to like a university lab or something. Mm -mm -mm. And I never called the number, so I never found out what it was. (laughs) Well, lucky for you, we've got the number right (laughs) here. We're going to call them on air now. Um, Uh, What? So, Eggleg, let me ask you this. Oh, Uh, God. Because you were... (laughs) That's it for the rest. That's what's going to come up on the podcast. Eggleg! Episode whatever, egg leg. Because it used to really hurt when I <laughs> fell over on it. If I fell onto the egg, it would hurt so much. <laughs> and so everyone would joke <laughs> that I had eggs in my legs and that when I fell on them, they broke. Good God. I mean, this I sounds I right up to you. used to go street. into the um, school uh, sports hall at lunchtimes and rollerblade around, just around in circles. That's my Yes. Yeah, there was a roller disco that we went to Yeah, that was... Um, a bunch of kids come and roll a around in a circle, circle on a Saturday night. Yeah. Uh, Just around a circle. That's it. That's that's. Life. And then occasionally they're like really confident what guys like me, edgy legends, um, would, which is actually what egg leg is short for. <laughs> um, <laughs> 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 <Yeah. laughs> they like instructors, who, by the way, when you're like yeah. 12, the instructors are. Uh, Forty-five years old. Yeah, they're, they're clearly sixteen. Yeah, in hindsight, but they're the coolest people. And they um, would like sometimes like put a hockey stick on two cones, and you could try and jump it. Jump it. And I was always jumping them. Mate, you must have got so much uh, women. <laughs> well, well, there weren't women there. It was a roller disco. Okay, <laughs> can't stress that enough. The, like, just I've always, I think basically, I've spent my entire life trying to be as cool as someone at the roller disco going backwards. Yeah. Oh god, yeah, and when you are like swishing, like your, you legs, swishing your, your legs, swishing your legs. Like, oh. God, it's so it's really like eighties movie. This, but <laughs> it just, was a different world. Once your roller skating career ended because of your leg, I- various leg issues. Yep. Um, did you turn to creativity as an outlet? I actually went to skateboarding then. <laughs> oh wow, so <sorry>. yeah, because <laughs> right, skateboarding's in. Sorry, surely that's the same problem. You fall on your I knees thought, and you fuck. But the doctor said I was okay with skateboarding because it's not the constant impact right. on both legs. And it's um, so apparently it was better. And so I skateboarded then and uh, I became known as the, the manual king of Thornbury. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was really good at going <laughs> on two wheels. And um, because basically. Were well, we talking a front one or a back manual? Could do front, or back. front or back? Front or back. Front or back. We're back in the porn again. <laughs> <laughs> Five, four, <laughs> four. <laughs> front or back? Quick, front or back. What are you going <laughs> to do? do? <laughs> oh, someone's already in the front. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck no. it. That's not uh, going in. Yeah. Oh, come on. Oh, yeah, I'll be in. Um, that, that's not going in was also a quote from the porn. Right? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> you've skateboarded for a bit? Skateboarded for a bit. Manual King of Fawnbury. I basically everything that I've ever done in life, I've not I've not been very good at. Genuinely all my life. I've been someone who's had to try really, really hard to be average. Like, in school, I was a kid that revised, had after-school tuition, I had all the stuff. Like, I was really trying. I really dedicated myself to learning. Like, mm. I wasn't that naughty. S- got Cs. Mm. Like, And I'm like, there's people that are fucking naughty and getting A's and B's, yeah. and they're not revising. And so that is the same with skateboarding. I wasn't naturally, like, gutsy. So all my friends were just naturally so good at it. I I would get there two hours before them. I'd get to the skate park way before everyone else and was worse than them. But I was putting in the extra time to try and be better. And this would, is such a good... Story for children to hear. Because you hear people talk about, like, you've got to be first one on the court, last one off the court if you want to make it. Kevin Hart being like, you've got to get up yep. at 4 a.m., hit the gym, you've got to write all day, and you've got to go out, and you going, yeah, or you can do all of that and still, still fail. be bad. <laughs> but then weirdly, sometimes that just happens. You're just I wasn't naturally good at it. I well, tried you, you across. Look, you're very naturally bad at it. effortless at um taking off Jason Manford's mask, if that helps. Thank you. That's the most that's very effortless you. and natural. Thank you. Are you go doing extra hours practicing that? I was but that was what I was <laughs> doing at the skate park. <laughs> Yanking off hedgehog heads. <laughs> <laughs> it's like genuinely it's the first thing I think that I've ever I mean, it's taken a long time to get to the point where the mask singer felt like it was. It was. Kind of, it didn't feel easy, but it felt like it was. I, I felt like it was part of what I'm doing now. And Compared it's okay. to motocross. Oh my god, I'm so bad at motocross. Of like, course, imagine, it, bad at it. I don't think the 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 most talented motocrossers look like they're doing well at it. They oh, it all looks god, like a mistake. So stressful, man. Every time you fall off, you really hurt something. Imagine my eggs. Yeah, <laughs> they were breaking all the time. <laughs> Imagine Sounds my eggs with Stephen Mulher. <laughs> <laughs> so, did that. Bad at that. Tried again to be do it for longer. But then, when I started comedy, I installed that same amount of effort. And it was the first thing ever that I was like, oh, the more effort I put in, the better I get at it instead of everything else I've done. i been like, the more effort I put in... I stay the same. I stay the same. So it was like, I just used to f- gig... All the time, Mm. like twice a night, three times a night. My first like three years, I was just gigging so much on this little bike that I got from a charity shop. I'd ride around from gig to gig, and just and where had you learned the skills to do that? (laughs) All the motocross, it's (laughs) all coming together. (laughs) Skateboarding from gig to gig. Oh. I just isn't genuine. This podcast is just making me want to rollerblade. Yeah, I can't think that. That's the whole purpose it. of it. Actually, weirdly, you probably not listen to them. But every episode, someone talks about how they used to rollerblade. Really? No, of course not. God damn it! <laughs> this is the first time it's Maybe come up. Maybe I should up. do a podcast where we rollerblade whilst we can talk. Yeah, I feel like has that been done? I wouldn't have thought so. I wouldn't have thought so. Rollerblade. try it. it. Roller. Let's think of a good name try it for it. a pun pod. with "pod" in rollerblading. Oh, yeah. I'm going to leave this with dead air while you come up with pod. it. God. Okay, poddy, blade, blade. Blade. So when you were at school, were you doing anything, um, (laughs) were you writing anything? Uh, In in between, in the moments you fall off your skateboard, would you ever be like coming up with poetic lines and coming up with shit? I became a drama kid. Um, I felt like it was the only thing, because I was trying so hard at everything else and being average at it, it was the only thing that I did where I felt like I kind of had a naturalness to it. I wasn't necessarily a confident kid, but I felt like I found that easy compared to other things, mainly because you're just pretending to be something. Yeah. <laughs> and it's easy, is it? And um, so, yeah, and then it was also... It felt like it was the lesson that you can kind of pretend to be naughty. Mm. There was this one kid called Willem who was so naughty. He was from South Africa. Uh, it was Willem, that's how you pronounce it, but it was spelled with a W. And our drama teacher never got on board with that. <laughs> just always called him Willem. All the other teachers, great. if you get it, it was like nobody told him in the staff room yeah. that day that he arrived. He was Willem. Everyone would be like, it's Willem. And he'd be like, okay, Willem. Just it wasn't. We just was having thing. none of it. Absolutely having none of it. And one <laughs> point, Willem was so naughty in drama because he was like allowed to be. But he would incense the drama teacher. And uh at one point there was just the moment where the drama teacher just fucking snapped. And he just I remember still, I can picture it. Him just he snapped and just went, Willem! Stop fucking about! <laughs> and we were like, "Oh my god!" The drama teacher just slapped. It was absolutely brilliant. Great. It's yeah. just so tough to be a, a teacher. Fun time. So good. So tough. Listen, if any teachers are listening to this, then you're, you're a great, great person, and I'm so sorry. So what's this then? So you you brought this play. I've, so how old are you when you would have written this? I think I was 11. I Basically, there was a, um, probably 12. There was a drama group that I joined, a Saturday drama group. Oh, mate, we had the same life. Yes. I did this as well. And it was genuinely the first time where I've, uh, I know comedians have that cliched story where I was like, the first time I felt a laugh. Whereas <laughs> that was genuinely when I used to, do uh, this Saturday thing, and me and this other kid were like, his kid was called uh, Vince McLeod. We were like the (laughs) the youngest kid. I'm telling you now, he wasn't. Was he not called Vince McLeod? No, no, no. What? He told you he was called Vince McLeod. He had really great, like, hair curtains. In fact, it's not the first time I ever felt a laugh on stage. The first time I felt, would felt a laugh that was, that I created myself. The first laugh I ever felt on stage this is horrific it's genuinely the first memory i have in my life was at uh, on stage i was i think five years old and i was on stage in felixstowe at the wombles live (laughs) and i uh basically they asked for two volunteers and me and this other kid got up and they had to you know the the wombles are into like recycling and shit (laughs) <laughs> Very much be- for It's absolutely damning the Wombles here. In the, in the, <laughs> you, know, you know those poxy little Wombles. Damn Wombles. <laughs> they, then, had these basket of cans, and we had to get as many cans out of this basket using this magnet and put them into your own basket. And the person with the most cans wins. Wins the prize. Got it. So the Wombles are like, go! Whatever. And we go, <laughs> and... Um, Using this magnet, and I genuinely remember, plain as day, my mind switching on because the magnet well, just wouldn't work. It wouldn't work. And I looked over at this other kid, and he was putting so many cans in his basket using oh, his magnet. Right. And I was just like, I just remember mine not working, and I just couldn't understand it. And I looked up at the womble, and he's just like going, yeah. And I looked at the audience and they were all really laughing. And um, it turned out that was the twist. Yeah, you got Wombled. I got Wombled. I hate to say it to you. I got Wombled. Absolutely done over by a couple of Wombleds there. I, I genuinely, like... That is so cruel. Bullying I, a kid. They gave me the prize. That was the twist. That Because... Double twist. They gave They gave me the prize... Because obviously, you know, they damaged a child's life. <laughs> now you have to have to become a comedian. I had to become a comedian to write that wrong. And it's that bit of Womble misbehaviour and that failure on your part, which is why you're yet to appear on Taskmaster. Uh, yes, <laughs> <It's>, yes. <laughs> See what you're capable of in the final task. God, damn it's it. going to be terrible. We can't have too many people like that. <laughs> you, if you do Taskmaster, you are going to be thinking about that the whole time. A whole goddamn time. You're going to be going, oh god, Alex Horn. He was in that Womble suit all along. He's back to haunt me. I think my life is, is basically all pointing towards taking vengeance on a fucking Womble <laughs> <laughs> But you wrote this play. I wrote this play. I was about 12 years old. I was in this drama group, and they asked for people to submit the plays, and there was a £250 prize. I believe, it could be wrong, but that's how much I remember. Maybe it was 150 it's 250 sounds like quite a lot, actually. You know? that's Well, what, you were in... Is this in Felixstowe? No, this is Bristol. Okay. So I'm, like, 12 years old, and so me and my mum, we wrote a play together. That's such a you thing to do. And <laughs> apparently I came up with the idea. I was speaking to my mum about it this morning. We sort of... I wrote it out, and then she helped me write it on the computer because she was someone that she could touch type. Great. Do you remember when that was a thing? Yes. Now we can all just touch type because it's like, that's normal. We all just learn how to... There was that little period where everyone was like, can you touch type? How, how many words a minute? Yeah. yeah. My mum, like, knew to, like, put her fingers back to the same place in the middle of the keyboard. She used those little, like, keyboard nipples. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where, like, you got so you can know where... You, so she, she doesn't leave still to stay, doesn't look. She just fucking types away. You're currently holding a handwritten thing. I'm currently writing a handwritten thing. So this. Your mum typed this up. My mum typed this up, but this is the original documents. In fact, it's not. The it's original not documents. at all. It's a photo of the original it's a photo documents. Photo that we have of the printed. original documents because I've modernised it. We've printed them, by the way, for the benefit of the listener. Because ever since Joel had a run-in with some Wombles, he refuses to recycle. Okay, he does not give a fuck about the environment and waste. I don't care about that stuff. Wombles. Put um, it in the ground where the Wombles live. That's exactly. what he says. <laughs> I always just, like, go to Wimbledon and just throw rubbish out my window. <laughs> Recycle this, dickheads. <laughs> and I know it's not recyclable, you know? It'll be, like, something that's got two different types of plastic on it. Yeah, black plastic yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Impossible. Food, food stuff that's still, haven't. you know, it would be like You're milk. It out. I haven't I haven't, mi- I haven't washed it out. Fuck yeah. you, Wombles. So, <laughs> it's called Cedar Valley Nursing Home. Okay, why is it called that? Um, I don't know. It's my duty as an interviewer here to not accept I don't know as an answer okay. for why, it's called, why the play is called what it is. Cedar Valley Nursing Home is the, it's the name of the nursing home that it is based. And you just randomly came up with Cedar Valley? Yeah. do you think? For a 12-year-old kid, I've put it together quite, quite amazingly. I've not only got a full script, I've also got a character breakdown. I've got a full synopsis. Fuck. And bear in mind, the actual play is four pages long. <laughs> so there's almost as much exterior documents towards the play yep. than there is of actual play content. Yeah. Great. So come on, let's, what do you want to tell us first? Synopsis or uh, character we breakdown? We'll do, we do synopsis first. It starts... When Simon is in his office talking to an agent about how to kill Martha. Okay, we're in deep. Okay, that's the first sentence. That's of the this first sentence. sentence. It starts when Simon is in his office talking to an agent about how to kill Martha. They decide to inject a vast amount of poison. <laughs> <laughs> not fucking about, is he, Simon? <laughs> it's Simon is not effing about. He's going to inject a vast amount of poison into her body. Ah, classic. Yes. Straight into the body, is it? Into where do you want to inject this? Probably the, into the body. Probably into the body. Yep. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't matter where it goes because it's so vast. As long as you hit the body, it's, I think it'll just, be fine. you know. Uh, Freddie walks in and hears them talking about Martha and poison. He didn't put two and two together himself. So he went and told George and Bridget. They knew straight away that something was going on, so they investigate. Everyone was listening outside Simon's door about this killing. I definitely said they would strike tomorrow at midday when she's asleep. So the next morning, they all got together and knocked on Simon's door. They all moved in, hitting Simon with... And this is great. I've added in... Hitting Simon, and then I've put an extra bit above it. It says uh, Simon and his client. Goliath. <laughs> Simon. Simon is not alone. He has a client there too. <laughs> Simon hitting Simon and his client with walking sticks and blind sticks, which is that's a complicated. Yes. Because how would they see who is who? Yeah. They're they'd just be hit, directed. I mean, if this was a comedy sketch, the people with the blind sticks would be hitting someone else. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm inside of the room They have no idea who they're here. <laughs> they have no idea where they are And eventually, Simon's team gives Simon's got a team now, it's growing Fucking hell, we've got an agent, he have got clients, he's got a team <laughs> he's got, <It's> KSI uh, <laughs> uh, Eventually, Simon's team give up and got driven out of the home George takes over and they all live in as happily as they can after. Oh, yeah. I like that a lot. As happily as they can, like, well, we've just we just absolutely brutalised a man, so I can't live completely blissfully. I love but as that. happily as I can, and there's only a few more days to see oh. out because we're in this nursing home, so it doesn't matter too much, right? A couple of questions. Here we go. Um, what's the name of the first chap who comes in um, and interrupts? So Simon's in there, and so then someone comes in. Freddie. Freddie. Right. It's Freddie, a fucking idiot, because Freddie. He is about Martha and poison, yeah. and doesn't put two and two together. Yeah. So this is. Uh, well, and then he goes and chats to the other people, and they go, "Oh, he's probably going to poison Martha." And well, then he goes, "Oh, yeah." I'll tell you what. I'll tell you I'll what. Think, think of, of that. Three, actually, where, where you are you going to put the poison in the body? Might help you with this uh, with this feeling. You know what? Help the character breakdown. Oh God! Okay. If it turns out that Freddie's got a serious illness, I'm going to be so upset. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, Cedar Valley Nursing Home. Uh, we got Simon straight up top. A smarmy. Person, and then I've added in in the middle. Young, mm. he's a young person. Or oh, Reese, you would play this guy. Yeah, I, I was just about to say that. You would absolutely. i that I Simon. was the one who said that, but I'll <laughs> take it. Oh, you know who reminds me of a smarmy, smarmy young person? person. young. <laughs> oh God, you know who? Puppy, for that a smarmy young person who <laughs> owns the home. Okay, then we've got. <laughs> I've got the rest of the rest of the character breakdown. I've put sort of a sort of almost like a bracket around all of the rest of them, and I've said all of these people are OAPs. <laughs> yeah, well, classic. Okay. I'd expect that. Uh, we've got Martha, an old person who's always asleep. Okay. Freddie, an old person who always tells story about when he was in the war. Oh, you feel bad about taking the piss out of Freddie now? He's a fucking hero. If you've been in the war, right? PTSD. You should have seen enough stuff to know that when someone's talking about poison Poison. (laughs) and another person's name, what's about to happen? Yes. And that's unfortunately... That's who you want on the front line, is it? Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Freddie, Freddie, just... I don't mean to disrespect a veteran here, okay? But I can't stress enough to the listener. Before you leave a review, it's not real. (laughs) Bridget. She is really up-to-date, loves computers and anything electric, but she still is 93 years old. Well, I'm Bridget. Yeah, fair play. Fair play. And w- weirdly, Bridget is the name of my granny, so I basically couldn't... Just, I've, I've, I, after two names, I was like, oh, I can't think old, of another old, old person name. Granny. Granny, let's just well, go with my own um, granny name. It's amazing you didn't call her Granny, to be honest. Yeah, it's, it's true. It. Um, the next person on the list, in fact, wonderful stuff, yeah, I've written Patrick which was the name of my grandpa. <laughs> but I've crossed it out yeah. because I thought, I can't put both my, no. my granny and grandpa. And I've written Bertie, which is the name of my cousin. I, can, I've, <laughs> you know, I, I love the creativity of someone who's 12. <laughs> Coming up with names is hard, isn't it? <laughs> he loves any sport and is playing golf most of the time. Okay, That's, that checks out. Sorry. Bertie. Sylvester, yeah, he comes from America. And Schmidt, he comes from. Schmidt. Guess where Schmidt comes from? Germany, of course he does. Of course he's <laughs> Schmidt D with a D, S C H M I D T. Yeah, pretty. That's pretty good knowledge, that's I'd say. Actually, pretty good considering you, uh, I can't no, spell she. <laughs> did you have a like a a, a German uncle? No, I didn't. Obviously. How did you come up with that one? How are you this, this uncreative? But then you got Schmidt in your. I, I know. I couldn't think of any old people that are so. I had to use my own grandparents' names, but I somehow plucked Schmidt out of nowhere. Would that have been your mum contributing? Maybe. So, let's mix it up a bit. Pop a Schmidt in, so, Schmidt in there. I thought, mum, give me a German name. <laughs> yeah. A, and so the Schmidt is, what does it say about Schmidt? German. He comes from Germany, and they're always arguing about the wars. Who won which battle? Well, we know who right. won. Oh, wow. So you you made it political. I've made it fucking political early doors, man. And you're, you're the most apolitical comedian I've ever seen <laughs> I think this is my most political work. This is so, this is... Groundbreaking for you! This. What a revelation this is! And this, you know, this one two hundred and fifty quid. Basically, what are you doing? My, this is clearly well, your calling. I'm in the wrong. I'm in the wrong game, man. I'm in the absolute wow. wrong game. I could be locking horns with Nish Kumar. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, uh, and then we've got lastly George. He's the clever one, and he knows Simon is up to something. Yeah, George. Do we have an age for George? We, we know he's OAP. He's one of the OAPs. I think so. Yeah, he's definitely in the OAP bracket. So. What my big takeaway from the, that list of characters is that of all of them, Martha is the one you least need to poison because it sounds like she's already dead. Yeah, because all does. you put is she's Absolutely. asleep all the time. Yeah, we don't know anything else about her. Yeah, I mean poison poison someone else. Mm-hmm. It's true. So basically, I think the premise of this is that Simon is trying to steal their their money from their will. <laughs> okay so I wow think it's quite, this is deep and dark it's for, so deep for a 12 year old for a 12 year old there's one more character Doyle which I changed from Stuart it was originally Stuart and I crossed it out and I made him Doyle. Doyle one of Simon's people to try and kill Martha spy like sneaky spy like sneaky I could play that part as well you could play that part too <laughs> me sneaky all the S words yeah ok so we've got this fascinating synopsis. character breakdown ok right let's go in let's see how it goes see where we get to ok Knock, knock. Come in. Stuart walks in with suitcase. Sorry, Doyle. You wanted to see me, sir. Ah, yes, of course. I wanted to tell you that I'm in her will now. So all we have to do now is inject the poison slowly into Martha's arm. Ah, Freddy, uh, did, did you hear any of that by any chance? Uh, yeah, yes, of course I did. Uh, did you know when I was in the war, you had to listen very carefully for the spies and people like that? I've got pretty good hearing, you know. Yes, yes, of course you have. Now, now c- can you leave me and my friend here alone, please? Yes, yes. All I wanted to tell you was uh, that... Um, um, oh, uh, oof. I can't remember now. I always forget what I'm saying. It was because when I had just joined the forces, I crashed my tank into another tank, and I think that's why I failed my tank test. (laughs) Oh, well. I'll be falling out now. Salutes and walks out of the door. Freddy walks back in. As I was saying, you will inject 10 milliliters of arsenic into her body. Ah, Freddie, what can we do for you this time? I I can remember this time. I, uh, of course. I wanted to say that something, something about the flies, was it, was it, was it pies? No, wait, oh, forgotten again, never mind. Walks out (laughs) to see George and Bridget. I'm really going into this character. Um, George says, Did you tell him? And Freddie says, Yes. I think so, but uh, he was talking to this man about Martha and 10 miles of elastic <laughs> that would make a lot of knickers. I think he's saying, well, that would make a lot of knickers. 10 that... miles of elastic. So that, right. would oh, of that would make a lot of knickers. That would make sense. That's better than 10 miles of elastic. That would make a lot of knickers. At that point, I had no idea about knickers. No, I'm guessing that was one of your mum's classic lines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> then Bridget says, wait a minute. Did he say anything else? That seems a bit odd. Then Freddy goes, no, why are you suspicious? Of course, in the war, you had to be suspicious of everyone, just in case spies might be lurking around. The walls have ears, you know. Then you be Bridget. Hmm, gets out handheld computer. Ah, yes, ah, ah, hmm, yes, hmm. What he said is right. Ten miles of elastic means (laughs) 7,554 pairs of size 14 Y-fronts. What would he need that for, I wonder? Perhaps he's going to stage a takeover bid at Marks and Spencer. Marks and Spencer. (laughs) It actually says M and Spencer. This is great stuff, Joel. (laughs) Perhaps he's going to stage a takeover bid at Marks and Spencer. And then George says, yes, of course he is, Freddie. (laughs) Then George says again, let's go and ask Martha what 10 miles of elastic has to do with her. Is that the end of the scene? I think that's a bit of a cliffhanger. On. There's a bit of a cliffhanger. Let's go in with the scene two now. I think we have got to save scene two and scene three. We've got to. We've got to put a bit of production under scene okay, two and scene three. It. It's yeah. it's too yeah. tense. Yeah, it's so tense. Um, but that does mean in the meantime, I have to score you. Okay. Uh, so just on what I've heard so far. Yep. So there's a lot of re- there's some there's some gags in here. Mm. I don't want to be rude, but this is gaggier than your stuff now. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. That bit need about your mom. Tank. You need, yeah, the tank. Tank test? It does, uh, well, I fail, well, I hit a tank into another tank, and that's when I failed my tank test. I was going to take the piss out of you for saying tank test, and then you were like, this is funny stuff. I was like, oh, you meant it as a joke at the time. Yeah. Fair play. Fair tank play, test. tank test. The categories I have to score you on are originality, mm-hmm. pure teen horniness, mm-hmm. and um, Mickey Mouse Club, slash Ryan Gosling, Ryan Goose score, which is how much potential does it show for who you are now. So yes. originality... I'm going to give you a five out of five. Thanks, Because I think this is an absolutely absurd thing to be writing at the age you were, at 12. Mm -hmm. You've got absolutely no experience of nursing homes. I mean, I suppose you should lose a point for the names. I'm going to be generous and keep it as a five. You should lose a point for the original. You you can't think of a single old person's name except your grandparents. uh, It's difficult, isn't it? Keep it with five out of five. There's a lot of stuff in there. I've never heard tank tests before in my life. The idea of a tank (laughs) crashing into another tank being the problem I yep. mean mental an absolutely insane image Tank Test is also a great name for a band fair enough but I can see why you were so original because you had friends called Vince McLeod and Willem yeah um, and yet you couldn't think of a name <laughs> anyway purity and horniness well this is the least horny thing it's I've been, heard for a long time unless you, you sort of take inject poison inject poison and body you just mm. say body I'll give you a one okay thank you body it felt oh, like you yeah. just wanted to use that word I don't feel like I, was, I wasn't at the age where horniness was an option yet sure. it was about to start yeah. and Oh my god! In a year's time, I would not be writing stories about old people's home. It would be about me fucking everybody in that old people's home. <laughs> okay, 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 yeah, you're not quite there yet. Not quite there. So yet. I'll give you, we'll give it a one. Um, Ryan Gosling, Ryan Goose score. How much potential it show for who you are now? I'm gonna give. It's gotta be pretty low. That it's mm. not similar. At all. To anything you now do. It's better than anything. The writing is so different. It's the whole vibe, the dialogue. I've not read a script that you've written. I don't know if it's similar to this. Mm. but uh, Very similar vibes. There's, this, like, there's this, these gags about this old man overhearing stuff. You did make a joke about blind sticks before. Mm-hmm. So I mean, there's something. similarities. There's also the Marks and Spencer, Marks and the Spencers Spencers thing. Thing knickers thing. There's a tangent of the knickers. It it's doesn't funny. Feel like, it doesn't feel like Joel Domit or Josh Dammit to me. So... Mm. I'll give it a two. Thank you. Because it exhibits comedy, at least. Yep. It exhibits some comedy. Yep. So that means eight, I think, I believe. That Thank was an you. eight. It was a five, a one, and a two. You get eight out of 15. Yes. very respectable score. I'll take that. And now, in the meantime, I have to read you a piece that you then grade. Yes, please. Um, Joel, this is part of my right when I was, uh, I think, 16. Um, I think when you say think 16, you mean 21, right? Uh, the date on my computer was like, I think it was 2007. Yeah. I think it said 2007, last opened. Last. So I read it today. <laughs> <clears throat> time exceeds what we perceive to be existence, oh, banality, because time is an eternity. A distant murmur, a turn proceeds. We'll watch the big hand turn a beat and tick and tock and click and clock and start and stop and fly and drop and waste and waste. And waste until we're displaced from today. Tick the time away and talk the words we say. But don't discard dramatic endings, bitter fatalities, slim chance mendings, unreal unrest, God deals distress, never-ending chance of life unless... The chances merely creases dress with romantic outcomes still. The rest, just fate? What fate? Make no mistake, our fate is own decision-based. And each decision takes another minute. With it comes more seconds still as time creaks endlessly until... Oh, my God. How do you feel? I feel like we... Would not have got on until <laughs> Yeah, that's amazing. The reason I chose to read this to you—it's not what fuck off, is it? Amazing, may, may you can pretend that it's not amazing. It's there's amazing. nothing in it. This doesn't mean anything. Yeah, but thats just, no, nothing means anything until you're thirty. Yeah. <laughs> so like, it's like we all pretend that like these routine. Like, yeah. come on, guys! I miss Hollyoaks for this. That doesn't mean anything. <laughs> I said it for seven years when yeah. I first walked on the stage. It's um, it's uh, it's great. It, Why uh, didn't you become a rapper? Oh, because of um, the bad content I just read you. No, but that's Uh, not... Mate, that would It's called, very appropriately... Now, bear in mind, I didn't know the subject matter of your play. This poem is called Grandfather Clock. Oh, mate. Genuinely, the file... I don't know why. I know it's about time. I don't know why it's called Grandfather Clock. Um, The reason I read it to you is because to me, when I read it, it reminded me I would have been influenced by Linkin Park, Mm. I think. I think if you just do it in that voice... yeah. Time exceeds what we perceive to be. Yeah. Existence. Yeah. It could easily have a... um... It's like so good because you're like, you know, if you're 16, you're not just rhyming... The end of the line with the end of the line, like you, you're that advanced. Well, that's what, that's all. I clearly from this podcast, what I've learned is all I cared about at sixteen was just making that whole, making it rhyme so much. But it's absolutely nothing connects; it's meaningless. uh, but like at sixteen, I was in a band when I was sixteen, and all I would be like, the table, the tide is turning. The, all my the hair is burning right. that, that would what yeah, I would yeah, do yeah, as a yeah. thing it would just be end of the line rhymes I know but it rhymes but it's unreal unrest God deals distress yes what mate. the fuck is that mate that is a fucking lyric that's what it is yeah fair enough uh, well i need your score i need first of all i need originality Origina- out of, five, out of think, five please i think it's basically like the synopsis of a christopher nolan movie <laughs> christopher nolan is obsessed doesn't with time sense, doesn't make sense <laughs> and it's about time it's basically a christopher nolan movie i think it's um i think it's great it's about t- time is ticking on you know everyone grows old Everyone's going to die at some point. And you know what? I, some people have written good poetry before they go. And I guess I was the first person to ever say that. I think you were the first person <laughs> to ever discover mortality. Yeah. I'm going to say five for originality. you now, Pure teen horniness. There's not much horniness in that. There's not much horniness in um, death, unless that's your thing. <laughs> um, again, <laughs> you can look on Pornhub. I'm sure there is stuff on there. But yeah, there's not much teen horniness. I'm going to say one... Because, Great. um... Yeah, I mean, did you, like, get... Did you, like, read these poems to, like, girls in this, school? Not this one, but there are the ones that I uh, have talked about in previous episodes about yes. reading to people, writing about people, reading to people, handing to people, putting through their letterbox in the dead of night. Right, <laughs> I would... If I was a lady, I would have absolutely taken you to the cinema... And so that I shut the fuck up for <laughs> So just shut the fuck up for a little bit. <laughs> so watch this Christopher Nolan thing, you unoriginal Brit. It's yeah. been done. Um, well, that isn't what happened. No. People didn't like this very much, this I sort know. of vibe. Again, but you're before your time, you should have been a rapper, right, man. Really? i Mickey um, <laughs> Mouse Club, Ryan Gosling, Ryan Goose score. What are we talking? How much does it represent? What potential does it show for who I am now? I mean, a huge amount. Fuck's sake. This is the problem with this show. I regret this format so much, especially this just this bit of it in the rating. Every episode I read something I consider to be dog shit and someone goes, "This you could have done that on stage tonight and I would have gone, Mate, yeah, classic, 150%. classic read. percent This is the like... Fuck. I mean, it's not... I'm not going to say it's better than any of your stuff, but it's better than a poem that I would write now. 100%. You, it's good shit, man. <laughs> so what are you giving it for? That is good Mickey shit. Mickey Mouse Club. So is that a bit- How much is it me? How much does it show what I... It's I mean it's very much show it's uh, that that feels like that's like in that was in your second Edinburgh show. Mm. Do you know what mm. I mean? I do know what you mean. I don't feel good about what you mean. But, no, but, but it's I great. I know what you mean. It's, I really like listening to it like even I don't really know what's going on <laughs> you're so, I mean, I, yeah you are sucked still a, in you're still a child just like <sighs> it's shiny I just get excited <laughs> by the colours you know it's just like yeah so, so out of five what are you saying I'm going to say four so ten I get a ten you get a ten mate so it's ten to eight so yeah. I win the episode um, but obviously the message of the episode is we are both losers that's the whole point of the podcast 100%. we need to conclude it now with your final set piece, which is, what are we doing? Scene two and three. The Scene two is and it- three. It's only two pages, to yeah. be fair. Also, I should point out, on the the sheet of character names, there's a lot of people that just have not featured at all. Yeah, good point. Like, where the hell's Schmidt? Schmidt is not in this. Schmidt is he not in this. He doesn't come up this. once. Maybe he's died. Right, scene two. All right, here we go. Um, Martha is on the bed in her room asleep of course she fucking is Mm -hmm. Doyle walks in tiptoeing with his suitcase opens the suitcase on a little table gets out a syringe walks over to Martha and is just about to put the arsenic in her arm when Freddy George and Bridget enter George says what are you doing in here mister um um, oh uh, I'm her um, hairdresser yes that's it I thought her hairdresser came on Fridays. This is Freddie. I thought her hairdresser came on Fridays. It's what day? Wait, what day is it, George? Uh, it's Tuesday, Fred. Oh, yes. Yes, uh, it's, uh, it's Monday today. <laughs> so you shouldn't be here. Should. Shouldn't. Should. Shouldn't. You shouldn't. Should. Hey, 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 you guys, to settle this, we will do a test. Yes, that will show he's a traitor. If you're her hairdresser... What does she like to have done to her hair? Answer that one, Mr. Smart Guy. <laughs> uh, 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 crew cut. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha! <laughs> of course she doesn't have a coo cut. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a c- crew cut, Freddy. Yes, I'll do I, I that anyway. She, was, uh, she has a perm. Ha ha ha. Freddy stops laughing. Martha wakes up. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. Ooh, stretches and yawns. What's going on? Where am I? Oh, I'm in my bedroom. Wow. I just had the most exciting dream. I dreamed that uh, that uh, s- some people were trying to poison me. I don't know where I got that idea from. Uh, uh, nor do I. Scene three, back in the corridor and Simon's office. Bridget, fiddling around with her ha- handheld computer. Hmm. Hmm. Ah, yes. George, come quick. What is it, Bridget? I just worked out on my handheld PC, Infinity, what sounds like elastic and is 10 miles. My likely answers for elastic are plastic, fantastic, sarcastic, and the unlikely answer is arsenic. But 10 miles, we have 10 piles, 10 files, but the unlikely one is probably 10 milliliters. (laughs) <laughs> this now, is good stuff. Now I have put the possible answers together to make part of the sentence: ten piles of plastic, no; ten files of plastic, no. Lights dim, then come back to show. Time, Time has, has passed. passed. This is a Christopher Nolan oh, movie. Oh shit! And that is the end. That's what we've got. Uh, have you got another page? I've got one more page. Oh, one more the page. page. Where's, the other Where's page? your page? Oh, it's the short I think it's one. That. She says, she says it's in a sleep... In a sleepy voice. Oh, it's been going on for ages. Oh, yeah. She says in a sleepy voice because time has passed. Time has passed, yeah. Oh, 10 milliliters of sarcastic, no. 10 milliliters of arsenic, no. Wait. 10 milliliters of arsenic. That goes. Yes, hooray. Yeehaw! (laughs) Runs off in excitement, bumps into George. Wow. Unbelievable. The classic. It's a classic murder mystery that ends with a yeehaw. <laughs> you don't see enough of them, do you? And also, I love how it just ends where she just finds out and then just leaves it. It just leaves it. Just leaves they it. They never figure out. Oh, thank God I found it out. Anyway, oh, got to go to bed. Oh, my Lord. Turns out, the twist is, they're all American. <laughs> cowboys. They're all cowboys. <laughs> the twist all from is, Texas. this is a spaghetti western. We'd have to read it again and be like, well, we're in Simon's yeah, office. It's our fault, for really. For not damn middle lady's You didn't put it in Marshall. the character breakdown. No. You didn't say. We had a, a German. We didn't have any Texans. God, um, Joel, Dominic, thank you so much for coming in, it's reading out that pleasure. play. Absolutely we both did things about time, essentially about people dying. Really. Hey, you know what? If it's something you need to take away from this podcast, just you know what? Know that time is time is real. This podcast is feels like it's taken a lot of time. Yeah. Out of my life. Well, thanks for coming on. <laughs> <laughs> There it was, Joel Dommett writing literature about nursing homes when he was but an 11-year-old. What a strange, rollerblading-obsessed little child he was with his weird eggy legs. Egg knees, got eggs on his knees. I can't stress enough, he's left now, I can't stress enough how disgusting those knees were. He made me feel them. They do have eggs on them, and I'm not surprised he, he got very gently bullied for his weird eggs on his knees. Look. Look, there's a lot of stuff of Joel online where you can see stuff you perhaps shouldn't be able to see. I'd say get in touch with him and ask for a picture of the egg legs. He's already bared enough that he won't be ashamed of just sending you a nice little pic of that. He's probably got an OnlyFans page by now. Get on Joel's OnlyFans, send him a little donation get yourself a picture of an eggy knee that's my advice for you and if you don't want to do that go and see him on tour there we go joeldomit.com or google it I don't know what his website is he's on tour and he's got special coming out special is an American word for DVD essentially he's got a comedy hour long comedy show of him doing stand up coming out on ITV2 of all places that will have been on telly by now but um, I imagine it's still on ITV player the ever popular ITV player so get yourself on there (laughs) Watch Joel's special and see if you can see his knees because they are fucked.